What's up, everybody? I'm sure we got a few new BSV readers out there and recurring readers, of course. So we're back midweek episode. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel, especially if you're new. We record twice a week, every week now, constant content. You don't want to miss an episode. So please subscribe. Only 33% of you are subscribed. Okay, so please help us out. Leave a like, leave a comment, say whatever you want, share the show, follow us on Twitter, all that stuff. Speaking of following us on socials, we have a link in bio that's in the description. Everything you could possibly need is on there. Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, TikTok, all that stuff. We have a new website now. Thank you, Robin, okay? TikTok, we're almost to 10K followers. Give us a follow on there. Really, whatever it is, follow. Shoot us a DM, shoot us an app. We're really responsive. Go ahead and give us a follow. Next thing, shirts. If you want to support the show, if you're banking fatties, if you made a lot of money off crypto, stocks, whatever it is, buy a shirt, cashdaddiestshirts.com. And finally, the last thing, I'll get out of your way. Big guest coming on Sunday, Allie Ray. If you haven't heard, she quit her job from nursing. They gave her an ultimatum. They said, delete the account or quit nursing. She quit her job to pursue OnlyFans, and now she's making roughly $125,000 a month. All right? You're not going to want to miss this. Been in the press a lot lately. Tune in Monday morning. Cash daddies. I'm done. I'll shut up. Roll the clip. Enjoy, Kurt. I think Ripple XRP is probably uh, arguably the biggest scam in the space. Like they're a, they're a multi-billion dollar company that has no revenue, but they are paying executive level salaries for the better part of a decade based on just printing XRP out of absolutely nowhere. And like they have an alleged business model, but it doesn't, it's not actually doing anything, but they're able to print coins out of nowhere. And like, you know, they're not your typical cypherpunk guys. Like, Hey, this is three guys that are hanging out and wearing t-shirts and they're hackers. Like these are guys that have an executive board. They wear suits to the office every day. And, and I mean, they, they act like they're a Wall Street firm, but they don't actually do anything. purposes only. You'd be an idiot to listen to anything these degenerates say. Invest at your own risk, do research, but seriously don't listen to these ass clowns. Now enjoy Cash Daddies. And welcome to a uh, midweek Cash Daddies. We oh, bank fatties. That's- today, it's Thursday. What? In an episode on Thursday again? Oh, is this your new role? I'm stupid. Fucking up my shit, man? <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Evan just came right out of the closet swinging on that one. Closet. Jesus, Evan. You're getting a little cocky, huh? You were talking about podcasts and think you could just talk down to the host now? Working at his five minutes. Leave the acting to the failed actors that have been bombing for 23 years, okay? Guys, it's Cash Daddies. Howie, welcome back. We missed you. Um, Yeah. What happened, man? Dude, I was, so the day of the hurricane, Sunday, holy shit, I drove to Connecticut, which should have taken me two hours. It took me over four. Uh, driving home wasn't as bad. I made it home in like two and a half because the rain had gone, but I'm not kidding. I was driving, I was talking to you. I was driving through a foot of water. Like it was, it was up to the, the door. Um, just a shitty day, man. Shitty all around. So I couldn't, I could not get to a uh, screen in time to make the show. 
But, yeah, I, and I, I don't do a lot of Sunday night I gigs. A little different. I heard you were stuck at the baccarat tables and decided to choose your gambling addiction over cash daddies, but that's fine. Uh, I got an eye in the sky at Foxwoods at Mohegan Sun or wherever the fuck you were, and people talk to me. So they don't have backrat, by the way. They don't have backrat there. Good because it saved you ten grand thinking it's a fucking winner's game. It uh, is. Let's, uh, guys. Yesterday we got to talk about this. Uh, things I got to ra- uh, get you in looped in on Howie. Uh, GameStop and AMC, baby, they're fucking back. They've had two good days, two really good days, man. I know uh, one of my guys took a profit today in it. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, is this a gamma squeeze? I mean, this happened on a Tuesday. I mean, it wasn't like Friday options were fucking closing. So what are we looking at here? Uh, you know, I'm looking at it and I think it's, uh, I, I mean, it's a little bit of a bounce, 39 up to 45. Um, I don't think you're going to see much more. I mean, well, it, here's a number. If you bought uh, a light and loafers delight on Monday, uh, I want to say the average on the AMC weeklies were plus a thousand and GameStop uh, were plus 10,000. And I do want to point something out here. Uh, I, I was on Wall Street Bets. And uh, they have about 9 million followers. And I checked the user activity and they had 50,000 active users. And then I compared it to uh, Super Stonk, which was the offshoot for the GameStoppers. They have a fraction of followers. I want to say like a million. And they had 100,000 active users. So there is a clear uh, migration towards Super Stonk and the GameStop people, they've, they, they've literally uh, created this community and it's not going away. I don't know if I can say the same thing for AMC, but those people have retard strength. And I, I, I've been wrong on this. I, you know, you and I both swing traded it. We made our money. I have no complaints on GameStop, yeah. but how long is this going to continue is my question. I don't know, man. I mean, you know, it's, I don't think there's, I, I think the volume in both of them are, are way down. Um, it, it'll go to a point. It'll go until we get a real correction and that, and it's coming. Um, yeah, I disagree. You and I have talked about this. Yeah. I think at the most, we're going to see a 5% retracement this year, but overall, I don't, I, I don't think we're going to see any sort of correction until uh, next year. I think I'm going to say 15 to 20%, and I think it's coming. Okay, I would I, like to take that bet, by the way. I'll, I think it's coming before 2022. Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay, yeah, we're in 2021. I'll yeah. take that bet. I'll take that okay. bet for 100. E, can I'll you say 15% correction. You said 15 to 20, so we have yeah. 15. Okay, yeah, I'll take 100 bucks and say that doesn't happen. All right, okay. I think this market's uh, still bullish. Uh, I think uh, the COVID Delta issue uh is that's not going to affect i don't know that's not worries me but let's get into why i think we'll get a correction and uh we'll get into the stock that i uh suggested everybody really jump on about four weeks ago jwn nordstrom's uh i bought it at 30 i sold half of it 37 which i told i mentioned on the show uh i can't remember was it either last week or three weeks ago I sold half of it at 37. Uh, I sold the other half at 35. And I get a bunch of these DMs this morning. uh, And I'll give you an example, word for word. Uh, It's like, 
Howie, uh, we sold the Nordstrom's 37. Do we get back into this dip? My boy, Vinny, Vincent Femi, I'm giving you a shout out, man, because you bought it when I told you to buy it. You sold it when I sold it. Uh, do we get into this dip? Absolutely. Yes. It's trading at 31.83. They beat their earnings. They, they did beat earnings. They, they crushed their earnings. Now, here's why it's down. It's down for two big words, supply chain. Now, think about this. JWA. And, and labor costs. Nordstrom's is having supply chain problems. They're a fucking clothing store. If you think they're having supply chain problems, how do you think Lowe's and Home Depot and GE, these, how, how do you think these companies are faring with supply chain? Go out and try to buy a refrigerator today and tell me what happens. You got about a six week wait. So my point is, this is what I think is going to lay into more of the correction than anything. I think our problems with China right now, uh, I think our supply chain problems are way worse than we think. Just go talk to anyone that owns a restaurant right now. Try ordering. They're trying to order chicken. They're trying to order bar stools, uh, freezers. And these things are, are backlogged two, three months. So I think that's going to be the main concern. Um, and that's part of the reasons I think we get a correction. The other part is just healthy. I mean, we've gone up straight for eight years. It's going to happen. We're going to get a nice, good, solid hit. There's nothing wrong with it. People will panic. The rookies will panic. People that have been doing this a while who are building cash like myself, you're going to sit back and you're going to be able to go discount shopping. It's going to be great. It's going to be able to buy like, you're going to be able to buy like really solid Prada handbags at the dollar store. So uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. This has been a great market and, and there's always going to be areas where we can make money. Um, when was it? Two weeks ago? I said, buy, I said, buy OIH. I said, that's an unbelievable buy right now. OIH. OIH, uh, July, August 19th was trading at 165. It's at 184 today. I mean, if you pick and choose and you go in and buy things that are still solid, but they're at a discount, that's how I've made money the past 20 years. So it is what it is. Okay. Um, let me, let me ask you this because people love following you with this Tesla thing. Are you going to short Tesla? Uh, and this is a two part question. Silent DJ asks, does Howie actually think Ford has a chance against Tesla in the long term? Not short. I think it's probably a better company. I mean, the pro look, Tesla, there's, here's the question. They're two different companies. Ford doesn't pretend to be a technology company. Ford's a car company. That's what they do. They make vehicles. Um, they have some unbelievable EVs right now in, in, the, in the works. Some that are done. Stock's gone from 1250 up to 1324 over the past four or five days. Um, I love Ford. I love it right oh, wow. here. We bought it and sold it over the past eight months and made amazing gains on, especially with the options. Yep. It's a stock that I actually started looking at the last couple of days to buy calls on it again. Um, here's why I don't like Tesla. Tesla doesn't pretend to be a car company and they are a car company. They pretend to be a technology company. Um, will I short it? No, I'm not going to short it, but I will buy puts on it when it hits 725. 720 That's to seven, number 720 to 725 i will buy puts on it okay, and this goes into my second question because you weren't here last week did you hear about the full-on retard war between michael burry 
and Mama Woods? I did. And, you know, I, I mean, if you're telling me which one is Michael Burry's a fucking genius. Michael Burry's made billions of dollars making the correct calls over okay, the past but, 30 but years. Let's, let's not 30 forget, years. But let's not forget the, the, the most important line that stuck with me from the big short. And I've repeated it many times is uh, I may, uh, I may have been, what does he say? I, God, I'm so fried. I can't believe we're doing these early morning podcasts. I wasn't wrong, but I was early to that effect. Right. Meaning he's got the money to fire bullets, but you can't go into a, a short position unless you're willing to keep throwing money at it until it hits. Well, and not necessarily. He's still up. He's up where he shorted Tesla. He shorted absolutely. Tesla like 800 and change. It's absolutely. down to seven, seven bills. So he doesn't have to come up with anything. He can sit back and just uh, relax and watch this thing. He doesn't have to worry until what? It goes to 900 or 1,000, which he doesn't think it's going to. Uh, I don't think it's going to. I think there's too much stress on it. But, but he's not just shorting Tesla. He's shorting ARC, the entire fund. I I can see why. I, I, I It makes sense to me, man. Um I just, uh, I'm looking at some of those companies and some of those positions. Well, those companies have never made a penny. Um, I can understand where he's coming from. I, I, I My like money's it. on Kathy. Oh, God, no. Ugh. There's no, she has no track record, not like him. Okay, let's talk about Airbnb, uh, a position that I currently hold. And I told um, you to hold that when you, we got, you got a little nervous three, four weeks ago. Well, yeah, I was down 70% and then it does this U-turn and shoots up 189% yesterday. But yeah. my concern is that it popped on the news of quote, Sam Tripoli's cultural Marxism saying BNB coming out, CEO coming out and saying, we're going to house 20,000 Afghan refugees. So is this a short term pop? Uh, is this going to fall back? Is this just a, a huge news event? What do you see happening? Well, here's what I'm seeing. You, in your particular situation, you actually hold the options and you're almost even on them. I I'm probably 5% now. That You know what? In that situation, I would probably sell, take the gains. But I will say this, looking at this thing, it's at 159.51 right now. Mm -hmm. um, this thing looks like it's headed to 170. Um, and it pisses me off a little bit because... Uh, I bought it at 120, sold it at 149, 150, 153. Um, I'm hoping this thing drops back down so I can buy it back again because it looks like it's going to 170. Okay. So um, I want to give a shout out to our Discord. The amazing memory that's coming out of there, you know, between uh, Cat Queefs 27, uh, retarded sexual blowtorch 68 i'm sorry i just butchered your name and now silent dj e can you bring up the meme of the week i haven't even dropped it it's so fucking dope this is art and this just literally put me on the floor this is the the tops sam tripoli checklist <laughs> you know you could go through the greatest hits here you Dude, know if you want to go at, hard hard in the at his, look at his face yeah, that's that's flattering to be I, honest. I just had a flashback of like teaching special ed right when I got out of high school, man. I like yeah. that was uh, that is amazing. 
I mean, these are alphabetized. You got lozenges in there. You got you got uh, ninja and ghost. You got couldn't agree more. Grab MAGA. Interesting. Uh, my favorite is unintelligible. That's, that's the best one. That's yeah. the best one. That and of course, hilarious. you got young Christian warrior. So here's what I'm thinking. I don't want all this beautiful work to go to waste. And uh, I think um, it was retard sexual blowtorch that said, you know, I'm thinking about doing some NFTs here, but I don't want to, you know, get in a lawsuit with Tr Sam Tripoli. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk um, to our cult leader, Ma Marshall Applewhite, and say, let's come up with something, uh, some sort of NFT platform so these guys can profit. They can make some money because the work that's coming out of this is just, I mean, it's not work. It's art. And it needs to be shared with the world. And I think these guys should be able to monetize off it. So we're going to have a little meeting. We'll talk to uh, all the great memers inside the Discord and figure out a way to platform uh, so everybody can profit off this. Because it is just amazing work. So yeah, thank you great. guys for continuing to contribute to that community. Um, okay, so we've got AMC. We've got GME. We've got Airbnb. Um a lot of people are asking, what about these defensive plays, Howie? I mean, if you're concerned the market's going to come back, are you moving into defensive plays? What are your thoughts? I know a lot of the guys, uh, you know, in the Discord, they've got certain stocks they're holding. What, what do you like right now? I mean, I'm not ready to go there yet. Maybe September, maybe late, mid, late September, you're going to see me shift nicely. I'll, I'll definitely buy some more energy. Um, listen, I can't. I, I doubled down, tripled down. I bought a lot more plug at 25. I was telling Chris this the other day. Yep. It, it's up to 2637. Uh, I just like it. I just think that thing's going to 32, 33, 34. Um, and, and I just think with this trillion dollar uh, bill that they just passed for the infrastructure, it's just going to help it, man. Um I still love the shit out of IBM right here. Love IBM. 14059. That thing's going to 152. I mean, I really like it. Uh, there's a lot of good bargains right now. Pfizer finally dropped a little. Man, if you bought I, I bought Pfizer at 38 and sold it at 42. It's at 47 and a half, hit 50. Um, that's one that if it drops a little. And of course, uh, the one that we're all holding on, the riskiest thing that I hold, and I have damn way too much of it. Uh, I bought it at 670 OCGN. It's almost at eight bucks again. Now I'm pissed off. I didn't sell some at nine and change the other day and buy it back, which I usually do. I just didn't. Will I this time? I don't know, man. I don't know because I mean, if I see it up 10, 11% in a day, I probably will. Uh, this is a stock right now. This, I just, this chart, like I said, it's the shadiest chart I've ever seen in my life. It just looks like this thing's going to 12 or 13 bucks. Um, it really does. So, and if it does, God damn it, it'll be a good day for me. What do you make of this Dick sporting goods move? They're up 16, 15% today. I can see why my kids there right now with my father, uh, getting ready to start his buying a hacky sack buying a nice cheap uh, aluminum bat for 500 fucking bucks think about that one a baseball bat for 500 bucks are you kidding me really and uh, I mean, tell me you couldn't find a couple kids in like 
North Korea just to like melt that down and put the same bat together for about what seven fifty? That's probably what they do already. Five hundred bucks. It up. His glove was only three hundred, so that was a real deal. But uh, speaking of dicks, Jim Cramer, all-time tweet this morning, uh, tweeted out, marveling at dicks. Wow. <laughs> tweeted the, tw- the ticker. Go I ahead. Mean, Insert the punchline, guys. I don't have the energy. They have – if you look at Dick Sporting Goods, man, they have the – they definitely have the corner. on. Name another sporting goods store that's even close to them. Sports Authority? No, they're at Dick's is it. It blows my mind that another huge – Sporting goods chain hasn't competed with them over the years. Um, because um, you buy anything, you everyone goes to Dick's back, uh, backing uh, up on today's biggest news. Uh, Oling fans basically came out of the woodwork and said, Ladies, put the bats back in your asshole because uh, we fucked up. So, how does this even happen for the love of God? I mean, did somebody put a gun to this guy's head? I know that they were talking about uh, there was uh, pressure from MasterCard to make this decision to uh, to, to ban pornography on uh, uh, OnlyFans, but they did a complete 180. So what does this say moving forward about uh, this industry, I guess is my question. Power to the people, pussy power, pussy riot. People like to see... Box is doing just phenomenal things. Sex sells. I mean, that's the bottom line. No one, no one just likes to look at just a, a plain box anymore. The box has to be doing some sort of a circus act. And that's where we are, 2021. Uh, it's all about, you know, it's all about Snapper just doing abnormal things that we're not used to seeing. And, and uh, the people want more of it. It's really- my, gut, my gut still tells me that come rocket probably received venture capital offers as soon as this went down and it, and now they're probably stuck with some sort of conundrum like what do we do moving forward because they just gave us the opportunity and now did the opportunity disappear I, i'm curious to know your thoughts on come well, rocket i was going to ask you guys i mean come rocket was kind of behind taiga i don't know you guys probably don't know who taiga is he's like a rapper He's not that great. Tiger man. I work. That guy's just popping in to try and steal the moment. He got a lot of press off that, a lot of publicity. I think he was in the front running, but uh, I checked Cummies this morning, had a little bit of a sell-off after the news. Yeah, but you don't just create a box and hole spreading site overnight just because you're uh, you are a personality. No, he said he was he was going to. He was going to invest in it. Well, get in line. Tyga, what's his name? Tyga, T Y G A. T Y G A, man. Good luck. He's been around forever. Yeah, he's. Yep. He's, he's been throwing down bars before you were uh, friggin' uh, sniffing box, Neff. He's been around, Tyga. <laughs> throwing bars. Well, I still like Cum Rockets. Uh, a chance to succeed. You um, like him? St- you like him still, even with the uh, with the OnlyFans thing? Yeah, I mean this. The, the, they they already have the infrastructure in place. They were already planning on going next level. So, I think that I think this is just uh, uh, you know competition, and uh, I think it's going to push them harder now. So uh, I'm still bullish on Cum Rocket to answer your question, um, guys. Uh, I don't think we have any weekly picks, uh, do we? I'm no. I'm just watching OCGN and plug. Okay. This week, that's what I'm focusing on. I like the fact you Airbnb popped yesterday. I, I, it was due. 
Yeah. Um, I, I mean, shit, I don't want to, we've done pretty well the past. A lot of questions about DraftKings. People asking me, should I sell? Should I take this profit? Um, there's nothing wrong with taking profits. I always say take profits for me. It's a long-term hold for me, especially going to into the NFL season. I think I'm up 18% since I bought it. I have no plans to sell it. Um, I, like I said, I, I, I think the price we got it at was a bargain long. You gotta look, you gotta look to take profits on DraftKings, in my opinion, between 69 and 73. Okay. 69, 73. That's some serious resistance. Um, that's what I would say. All right. Well, why don't we get into this interview? I'm really stoked. Um, just to give you a little backstory on how this interview came to light. Um, we were, uh, uh, we put a tweet out like we always do saying, what's the best crypto to buy out there? And Calvin Air jumped in and said BSV. And for those that you don't know, Calvin Air uh, created Bodog in the early 2000s. And then we asked him to come on and he declined. And then Kurt, who we met um, through this conversation, decided to come on. So he's going to join us right now to talk about BSV. So let's get into this interview, shall we? Sounds good, man. Sounds good. Okay, um, let's go ahead and uh, start our interview for the day. Uh, joining us is Kurt Wookert Jr. Um, just to give you guys a little backstory, uh, we were chatting it up uh, on uh, the uh, Twitter last week. Uh, Calvin Air originally jumped in talking about BSV, and uh, that's how we met Kurt. And Kurt has been kind enough to join us uh, to discuss BSV. So, Kurt, without further ado, um, before I begin, I don't know if you've seen the show, but I'm sure you're probably an intelligent human being. Unlike us, we are retards. So before you get too technical, uh, I, the analogy I would like to use is pretend like you're talking to some cavemen that you just discovered and you found us playing with shit, painting on the walls, you know, and you need to dumb this down as much as possible. So you're the only one that'd be playing with shit, Neff. <laughs> hey, finger painting with poo. Uh, we've all done it. Um, now, Kurt, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about your background, because according to your bio, you say you're the chief uh, Bitcoin historian, which is pretty damn fucking cool. You've been in it since 2012. Why don't you give us a little bio before we jump into BSV, if you don't mind? Sure. Uh, long and short, um, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. Uh, I, I owned a printing company back in 2012, and I had a buddy who I knew from some uh, finance activism circles who was like, hey, man, can I pay you in Bitcoin to print me some posters? Uh, I didn't know what the hell Bitcoin was, but said, sure, what the hell? It's a, it was a little it was like 50 bucks. So I said, hey, no problem, man. Uh, he told me it's like video game money. So I was like, yeah, that that works. Um, that, that was my first introduction to Bitcoin. Uh, about a year later, I had been down the rabbit hole for a bit, started a small mining operation with some friends, uh, did that for about two years before basically it became too uncompetitive because of, uh, China, China just has way cheaper power. So it's hard to compete. Um, and I just wasn't Don't forget that good about at it. that labor. They'll start those five-year-olds out very young. Yes. Yeah. When you say mining, Absolutely. were you like sending kids down into the uh, earth? Were you mining like copper and like precious metals and such? If if only I could. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed. But uh, <laughs> no, it's it, it, digital mining. So in in, yeah. in Bitcoin, um, at the time, you could mine with like computer, like GPUs. Those are the kind of stuff you would play uh, 
really hot video games you, like you need World a good GPU Warcraft for. Shit. Digital gold. Yes. So if you if if you had a rack of GPUs, you were you were able to mine Bitcoin for a little while until if I remember now, like 2014, all of a sudden it just basically stopped working. And it was because the Chinese invented specialized hardware that did nothing but mine Bitcoin. It's called an ASIC, uh, an ASIC miner. So it is, is very specifically focused on Bitcoin. So there's no way like a general purpose unit, a GPU, uh, can, um, like it's, a, it's for doing graphics. It's not for doing Bitcoin. So all of a sudden it couldn't compete. And they were like, I don't even know, a thousand times more efficient than a typical GPU or, or something like that. And so it was impossible for us to find blocks. So I moved on, got into more like infrastructural stuff, uh, wallet related development, um, and then also cybersecurity. I, I started getting into like tangentially from Bitcoin, but also uh, just learning about cybersecurity in general. And then um, I came back in 2017 because things heated up. It was the big Bitcoin bull run, the big Bitcoin cash split. Um, there had been a giant scaling war that I like to call the Bitcoin uh, civil war, frankly where a bunch of uh, basically everybody got killed uh, who didn't join the right team. <laughs> then um, uh, it's been a big fight ever since. But then Bitcoin Cash split again into uh, BCH and BSV. And I'm a big supporter of BSV because it is the unbounded, unlimited, unstoppable uh, Bitcoin protocol capable of basically doing global general purpose computation, which basically let's, means you want to play video let's, games. Let's stop you right it. there, Kurt, right there. Yeah. Go ahead and explain to us what the fuck is BSV? Hold on. Before <laughs> you do that, Kurt, and I'm sorry to jump on you, Howie, but I am always interested in early Bitcoiners. You've got to have a story that like you bought Bitcoin at like 30 cents or some shit, right? And bought <laughs> you got to give it to him, man. Somebody gave it to him like yeah, they give I, people Reese's fucking yeah, Reese's. I, I don't remember. I don't recall there even being a price, um, but I got a few Bitcoin out of that deal for 50 bucks. So, so do you still have me. them? I'd rather not say on live media. Yeah, you don't have to say. You <laughs> so, don't, have to, don't tell um, us that shit story. I do remember. So I do remember the first couple of times I bought Bitcoin after that. At the time, you had to like wire money to a bank in Eastern Europe, and then they would send you Bitcoins. So I remember my banker looking at me like I was, you know, a human trafficker or something when I was saying, yeah, it's it's a bank in Estonia, but don't worry. This is totally legit what I'm up to right now. It's like Netflix. And then... Uh, Sometime in 2013, I got a Coinbase account, and then it was a much uh, much simpler process. But those first few times I bought Bitcoin, it was like I had to sit with the bank manager and fill out a bunch of paperwork, and just in case I was, you know, wiring drug money or whatever. So, so yeah, it was uh, weird. going back to Howie's question, talk to us about the the forking of Bitcoin to Bitcoin mm -hmm. Cash and to to BSV because that's what yeah. I've been reading up on and would love to have more knowledge of, and I'm sure our sure. readers would. BSV. So, so the way so the way that Bitcoin works is is that all all computers on the network need to agree on all of the rules all the time. And if you disagree on even one little thing, you split off the network. That is like a fork in the road. Hence the the word forking or hard forking. Um, in between 2015 and 2017, we were all debating what which way should Bitcoin go? How should Bitcoin scale? Because right now BTC, the main uh, Bitcoin network that everybody thinks of as Bitcoin is capable of doing six megabytes of data per hour globally, which can only fit a very small amount of transactions, essentially no other tangential data. So it's really only good for slow, expensive transactions uh, of a high value. And that's that's kind of that's that's where the consensus decided that that Bitcoin should go. 
Well, the Bitcoin cashers, we said, well, no, I, I mean, it's a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system. And Satoshi Nakamoto talked about like pay to send email, like things that were micropayment based, like cool things that can't be done because PayPal is too expensive to use. Satoshi talked about uh, lots of these things actually. And so there was a split, Bitcoin Cash split off and, and said, we're gonna raise the, the block size to eight megabytes per block, which shakes out to 32 megabytes per hour, which is still not a lot of, I mean, would you buy a 32 megabyte thumb drive today? Like you might pay 50 cents for one if you needed to like share one cat talk photo. Like 32 megabytes like, is still nothing. Talk to us like we're those retarded cavemen again. <laughs> yeah, you You're lost me like megabytes. five minutes ago. Yeah, you're saying uh, megabytes. Is that Satoshi, like- And I thought of Chris Neff looking at Japanese porn. So. Just go back to where you were talking about the actual BSV, because when you say BSV, uh, there's a there's a stock with BSV. So explain to us in layman's terms, like Chris said, what the fuck is BSV? And more importantly, when you're talking about megabytes, are you saying like Bitcoin is like the Commodore 64 and BSV is like a jacked up supercomputer as far as speed yes. and size? OK, all right. Precisely. There. That makes See what I did there, yes. Howie. Yes, I, yes. I went back to what works for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, it's all about speed. So, a long story short, you know, without getting into a bunch of math, BSV is capable of doing an unlimited amount of transactions globally. And each of those transactions can contain data such as photos or video or, or even complex applications. So you can send an app in a transaction that will execute contracts between all kinds of people. So let's say the four of us were like, hey, let's start a business that that sends all of us money based on how much of the business we own. That would be uh, what's called a smart contract. You can set up on the blockchain and it will be enforced by the, the decentralized computer that powers the whole thing. And you can do that in BSV as well in ways that can't be done in BTC or, or any of the other things also. Um, so it's it's two things. BSV is the most flexible uh, programming network in the world. You can basically build anything on it, anything from a video game to a complex business application or whatever. You can build it if you have the skills. And then it is also the most scalable. Uh, we basically don't have any competition at all uh, in scaling. In fact, in the last week, there has been more data processed across the BSV network than the rest of the entire blockchain ecosystem combined. So if you put well, let me everyone else together. BSV yep. is not an altcoin. In my opinion, no, it, it's it's the unbounded Bitcoin protocol. Like yeah, it, it, it fits like the it. definition of Bitcoin, period. Yeah, and just to back up, SV stands for Satoshi version, correct? Satoshi vision. Vision, yeah. okay. So this is the, uh, the, the ideal that you know, you guys came up with and said, this is Satoshi's real shit. Uh, yeah. Bitcoin went astray. We want to keep it legit. The yes. original yeah, the Satoshi. OG Satoshi. Correct. Satoshi, Satoshi wanted to disrupt everything. Like when you read old Satoshi and, you know, the forum posts, the emails, these things are all published. They're public. And when you read an, Satoshi. Is Satoshi from China? Is he an Asian guy? Nobody no. knows. Howie. <laughs> he's, he's, Howie. he's anonymous. That's like a... What well, here's it? the thing, and I don't want to jump like, the sounds gun. Sounds like he's like a, a kung fu expert with like a six degree black belt. His name's Satoshi. <laughs> it's an alias. Now you're okay. saying he's got vision. I'm like wondering, this whole thing's confusion. And Kurt, I don't want to jump the gun too much, but yeah. Craig Wright, who is now, did he develop BSV? Is he a founder? 
No, actually. So BSV was sort of created by accident. So th this is why I was talking about Bitcoin Cash earlier. We were all Bitcoin Cash people. And Bitcoin Cash people really were all just the BTC community just four years ago, too. Like we're, we're like a splinter group, but we were all people that used to work together. Uh, Craig Wright is a scientist at a research and development firm called Enchain. Uh, they're in the UK. They've got about 200 employees. Uh, and they've been, a, they've been a company for like six or seven years just doing research about what is possible in Bitcoin. And that's always been controversial. But in 2015, Craig Wright was outed by Wired and Gizmodo magazines as okay. Satoshi Nakamoto. Now stop the presses and correct <laughs> His me name's Satoshi Yakamoto and you're not saying he's an Asian guy? Just stop. Come uh, on, Howie. what is he, Irish? This guy. Howie. <laughs> Satoshi Nakamoto. Time yeah, out. He, Time out. Generation <laughs> Irish fella. Time out. An no Australian Samurai. Arigato, Mr. Roboto. We don't Jesus need to go Christ. too deep into this. The point is this, Craig. You know, in your community, if you out somebody as Satoshi, is that cool? Because it, or is it like saying somebody's gay or transitioning? Don't you have to have approval <laughs> to do something like that? And more importantly, from what I read, Satoshi or Craig says he's Satoshi. And there's a lot of people that believe he's Satoshi, but one of the reasons Binance kicked BSV off is because he was making threats about people saying he wasn't Satoshi and he is Satoshi. This is like an Agatha Christie fucking mystery here. And maybe so, his father was Asian and his mother was Polish. You don't know. Not Asian. If you're, <laughs> all right. So here's my question: Is Craig Satoshi? Because I like to ask the hard questions, and I don't want to get here this early, but. Who do you think is Satoshi? Is it Craig? I, I believe Craig, I believe Craig Wright is Satoshi. I believe Craig Wright wrote the, the Bitcoin white paper and was the primary figure in basically everything. It's not, not to say that he didn't have help, but Craig Wright created the Satoshi Nakamoto pseudonym and he wrote the white paper, which is the it is the, the single thing that kicked Bitcoin off. Now, since then, a lot of people joined in, they helped. There are a lot of coders that have been involved in things too, and there, there's arguments about, you know, well, what, is, what does it mean to be Satoshi? You know, is it like a corporate identity? Is it a business name? Uh, but it's it, actually a is nickname. Is it a front that, by the CIA? That, that's you also a common one. It sounds more like a cult hero. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 he is. It's the, yeah. the thing is, is like Satoshi, Satoshi is a, it's, it's, it's purposely mysterious. Like that's the point is that you don't necessarily know who it is. Like, what, what, what is this Japanese name? What do we do with that information? Uh, but Craig, when you get to know Craig, you realize he, he's a student of Japanese history. Uh, his, his office is full of katanas and Japanese art and things like that. He's and it's a, a little, pseudonym that he's used a for. Fetish. <laughs> it's a, a pseudonym Asian that he's used for a very long time, too. So it's, so it's not. Craig is yeah. Satoshi. He's rolling in the Bitcoins. Okay. And if he if he comes out and he says he's Satoshi and people deny it, um, mm -hmm. what does that do to this BSV community? So, I mean, it's, it's been years of malaise, frankly. Um, he he is being sued right now by a former business partner's brother. Uh, his former business partner is a guy named Dave Kleiman, who died, I believe, in 2013. That's what uh, his we brother think. Yes. <laughs> His brother Ira is suing uh, on the premise that Dave was the other half of the Satoshi Nakamoto team, which is a, a very you know big contention. 
but what's being sued for is was the money half. Yeah, maybe. But uh, it's he's suing for 1.1 million bitcoins. So this is Satoshi's known bitcoins. We're talking tens of billions yeah, of did, dollars. I, I think I did the math on it. Isn't it five percent of Bitcoin or something like that? It's well, there's 21 million bitcoins total, and 1.1 of them are, are Satoshi's at least. Like these are the ones that we know are Satoshi's. Right. So it's a, it's a very significant portion of the total supply. It's 53.3 uh, billion. Yeah. You know, so we're, we're talking about one of the largest private lawsuits of all time. Uh, it's going down in Broward County uh, Federal Court. Uh, there's Nothing a new court date. Nothing good happens in Broward County, Florida. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Not in those trailer yes. parks you used to venture to. Well, that was a long time. Kurt, have you, ever, so you, <laughs> Kurt you, you've met this guy, Craig, huh? I have. Yes. So is this the kind of guy he's got? He's got that many bitcoins. This guy got like a yacht with like 438 Asian chicks stashed in the bottom. Like what? Licking his asshole at the same time. <laughs> Seriously, man. I haven't. I haven't seen the yacht. I don't know if there is a yacht. Uh, I know he lives in a. He lives in a beautiful mansion in the, in the British countryside outside of London. Uh, he's he's got a Lamborghini, that kind of thing. He's got. Uh, the, the company offices are in city of London, which is some of the most expensive real estate in the world. And, uh, you know, he's, he also has Antiguan citizenship. So he's certainly got an Island getaway that he's, uh, yeah. After With you no know, extradition, so you mean, <laughs> perhaps I, you know, it's it's uh, I know gambling firms set up there, so I'm sure they've got some, uh, sweet rules for, for guys in those situations. Well, we got you off track a little bit. Get get back to the forking, you know, the 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 BTC to the BSV and what its yep. original goal was. Our apologies. We are going to slip. Yeah, no, no problem. So so the cool thing about Satoshi is that he he really was a visionary, and and everybody always poo pooed him. They always wanted to just put a wet blanket on him and say, no, 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 no. Bitcoin should be unstoppable, unconfiscatable savings technology. That's the cool thing. And Satoshi continued to say things like, no, 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 we could, we could disrupt, we could even disrupt the internet itself. Like imagine if your ISPs were replaced with Bitcoin miners and all the data that crossed the entire internet was monetizable so that, that each of us could participate economically with each other in ways that can't be stopped. And this would be with micropayments. And just think about the entrepreneurs that could be uh, created out of the third world and things, just because they would have an ability to work with people, uh, you know, in the West and and in in the first world, frankly, and people just constantly were, ah, eh, no, Satoshi, you don't get it. Like that's not really that's not really a problem that that Bitcoin needs to solve. And so, uh, BSV is is an attempt to to try that again because we just, <laughs> frankly, haven't been able to. From 2010 to 2017, Satoshi was not in the picture. Bitcoin was under the control of a bunch of pricks, and um, it's just a nightmare. There's a, there's a whole conspiracy about it. They received a bunch of money from MasterCard Ventures and, and all kinds of other people to keep Bitcoin very small, not compete in the payments space. And BSV aims to not just compete in, but, but completely disrupt. Like we want Visa and MasterCard and PayPal and, and Western Union and everybody else to be forced to piggyback their networks on top of BSV because it is so much cheaper and faster uh, and and globally available uh, that that it doesn't make sense for them to run their own infrastructure anymore. Like that is the real goal there. And then secondarily, to truly disrupt Amazon Web Service, Microsoft Azure, all of these cloud computing platforms that the internet runs on today, because they're completely siloed. They're a gigantic waste of energy. 
And ultimately you're giving your data to Microsoft and Amazon to control when it could be a publicly available proof of work database that, that anyone can participate in. If, if you want to make sure your data is protected and you're a company, you know, pick fortune 500 company that, that you, that you like, put a million dollars into mining so that you're an actual mining node of your public data that's secured and you can optionally make things public or private. You can encrypt healthcare data. You can encrypt all your privacy stuff. All of these things are possible because Bitcoin is that powerful of a tool, uh, but it's only available in Bitcoin SV because it's been shut off on every other network to focus on this ability to just raise its fiat value, raise the, you know, how much is the coin worth? And you know, that, that's also fun. Like it's great to get rich by doing nothing, but I'm a big believer that you need to create value with a tool. You can't just absorb value forever. And every you're, other blockchain is only capable saying, of absorption. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but you're basically saying the advantage to BSV is utility as opposed to a store of value, which all, that's all Bitcoin is. Okay. Yes. So how, uh, and I'm, I don't think I'm stepping out of bounds by saying this is extremely controversial because we, you know, we did a promo tweet for you and all of a sudden it fucking blows up. There's drama. There's all these haters. There's all these pro BSV people. So I guess my question is, how does this uh, compete in this network and what is the pitch for us to get it and our readers to get it as opposed to Bitcoin? What's the attraction? The attraction is, is if you if you have a payment friction problem or a data integrity problem in your business, these are things specifically that BSV can solve better than any other business tool. So if you're just looking for a speculative investment, if you just want to buy something and hold on to it, you know, take your pick, throw a dart at the board. There's 10,000 blockchain assets. There's NFTs. There's all kinds of weird speculative tokens. There's a ton of bullshit that you can go play with. And by all means, have at it. You want to put $10,000 into some DeFi coin on Ethereum and see if it goes up a thousand X? Good. But that's all it can do. Like you cannot create value with it again. That's you may very point. well absorb value. That. that That's my point. You just made a great point. Now let's, before you move on real quick, you're talking about throw 10,000 into you because there are, there's thousands of these things. None of them make any sense. Um, mm -hmm. I had lunch a couple of weeks ago. I told Chris about it with a very, with a astute guy that's been looking into this stuff for many years. And he mm. told me that, and, and you, you tell me if you think this is true. He said that 99% of all the altcoins out there, he said, are hundred year old Ponzi's. Except come on. <laughs> well, I'm not getting, I'm not going to mention any right. names on anything. I'm just saying yeah. as a generic uh, sector, he said 99%. He goes yep. in how he goes, we've, we've looked at thousands of these in their mm -hmm. basic hundred year old rug pull Ponzi's. And he goes, if anyone tells you any 100%. different, they don't yep. have a clue. And if you, no, what true. are your feelings? Cause you seem like a pretty smart chap. It's that's a hundred percent true. Most of them, most of them fund, they, they front run and create value by, by printing tokens because you can just print tokens on a nowhere. If you're just the developer, you can just say, I don't know, emit a hundred thousand tokens a day. And I'm going to feed people those tokens as, as payments for them jumping into my Ponzi scheme. So they'll feel like they're getting paid from actual earnings or whatever they say is going on in the background, but it's just inflation. 
And then all of a sudden it gets to a, a tipping point where it doesn't work anymore. And then there's your rug pull, but you've already turned your tokens into Ethereum or, or Bitcoin or whatever. Exactly and you've already exited out of the market, out the back door. That's exactly what he said. He said, Howie, the, the small group of guys that are running these, he said, by the time it's done, they've already moved their stuff to eight different wallets and moved that to eight different mm -hmm. offshore banks. And he said, it's over with. Yep. And he said, you're right. going to see some of the largest, uh, just amounts of people losing millions of dollars over the next five years. Oh yeah. Kurt, can you get into um, hash rate and having? How, does one say halving or having? By the way, that's that's like having, a Tripoli word for having. <laughs> oh no, there's oh. no f. There's Lozenges. no f. Yeah, but you got to say it like that. You got to say it like a real G. You don't say having. Dep depends where you're from. I, c I could see you know people in Boston calling it like a halving or something like that, right? <laughs> well, but having. to my well, knowledge, Bitcoin having. Bitcoin is halved four times, correct? Yes. And uh, BSV is halved once. B yes. So BSV, BSV actually shares a history back to the Genesis block with Bitcoin. Like it's it's a fork in the road, but you could say that BSV was contained in Bitcoin up until it forked. Like it has the same history. And if you had just bought Bitcoin any time before 2017 and just done nothing with it, you have BSV by default also. So it's, it's one of those things where if you just hold on to your Bitcoin, you, you continue to get all of the different derivations and everything that, that come from it. But, but yes, since BSV split away in 2018, there has been one halving. Uh, in the community, they call it a halvening, which isn't actually a word, but it's how crypto people are. Oh, my um, God. But yes. I thought I was a dork. <laughs> yeah. Long story short, yes. So every, every block, at the beginning of Bitcoin, every block, a miner would get 50 Bitcoins for each block that they mined. And then it cut to 25 and then 12 and a half. And today, all versions of Bitcoin, every miner mines a block and they get 6.25 coins per block as the subsidy. It's like a bootstrapping subsidy from like, hey, this network doesn't have any value, but we will pay you these coins that might have value if you mine these blocks because we need you for infrastructure. Um, but yet, deflation, that, but yet yeah, it, go ahead. It, it, it still offsets deflation, correct? I mean, the, the idea is that, I mean, it's, it's a fixed supply, but, but the, it's emitted through inflation, but the inflation is known. Like, that's, that's the point, is that it's publicly verifiable inflation, and you know exactly what the halving schedule is. And then at some point, it's like, in, it's in about 140 years. Uh, sorry, I got squeaky kids in the background also, but uh, in about like 140 years. Tell us the truth. <laughs> yes, it's it's bird, is my bird. I can bring my bird over here. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> in about 140 years, all the Bitcoins will be emitted. They will be in full circulation. And then there will be a fixed supply of 21 million Bitcoins. So that's the that's the long-term outlook as on that. Will be, as will BSV, correct? Because there is a fixed supply. They're, they're identical in that regard. And frankly, I believe that BSV will have will have gobbled up the rest of the blockchain uh, world by then. And the reason for it, uh, you mentioned hash rate too, is that hash rate is finite. There's only a certain amount of energy uh, that can be given to, to such a thing. And it's, it's a complicated algorithm to hash with these computers, but ultimately hashers follow profit because you have to pay for these expensive machines. And so Right now uh, on, on big block BSV Bitcoin, uh, with your SHA-256 mining that you're losing money on every moment that you're not making money on it, 
you can mine a, like a two gigabyte size block. We've, we've seen two gigabyte blocks uh, as a standard the last couple of weeks here, which means that on top of the 6.25 Bitcoins that you get as a subsidy, you're earning at least 10 more Bitcoins in fees from all the transactions on the network. So I for every block you mine- I think your cockatoo just took a shit. Yeah, the, the, the wife's putting them in the stroller. So we'll be, uh, okay, we're, we're gonna seriously, live. Seriously, is that a baby or a bird? I don't wanna- I do, it, it's it's babies. I, I have okay. two kids. I, yeah. I have a two-year-old son and a four-month-old daughter. And Which one do you like better? <laughs> like the real quiet quick, one real, real quick uh, keep, keep one sell keep one sell one which one do you which one do you go with <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and plead the fifth for the sake of my family <laughs> i have two also and it's it's pretty cut and dry I'm trying to get them all in right trouble. well here's here's the more important question should we make that transaction with your child would you prefer the payment in bsv or bitcoin that's the real question that bsv for sure bsv's got all the upside Nice. <laughs> nice. So, so what I was saying about hash power is, is right now on BTC, the typical block has about 0.1 extra coins and fees on top of the subsidy. So you're getting like point, or you're getting about 6.3 to 6.4 bitcoins per block as a as a Bitcoin miner. But if you mine on BSV, you can get 16, 17 coins per block, and that that offsets your energy costs quite a bit, I mean, you know, two and a half times more, almost three times more than, um, than, than going another direction. So uh, this is something that people are ignoring because they think that, you know, Bitcoin blocks aren't capable of being mined that size, but this is only two gigabyte blocks. We've, we've seen in a testing environment and we've seen in, in, on, on mainnet, it seems very clear that we could get up to near terabyte sized blocks without any real problem. And if that's the case, we're talking about exponentially more Bitcoins per block in fees versus that subsidy. So if you had the opportunity to mine a block and get 200, 500 coins per block as a miner, all of that hash rate is, is going to come over to BSV because it's, it's too big an opportunity cost not to. And the BTC can't compete with us on that metric. So they're stuck at whatever they can fit into six megabytes per hour. And that's now, are maybe these, seven coins per block. I'm assuming you're talking about stress testing here. And mm -hmm. if so, who performs these stress tests? Are they independent auditors? There's So there's a couple of different stress testing teams. There's a few ways to go about it. Uh, there is uh, node teamwork done uh, by a vendor called Trail of Bits, which is a, a really killer crack cybersecurity firm. Uh, uh, the main that's the, that's the name of my next comedy album, by the way. I love that. <laughs> Trail of yes. So then uh, the company Enchain, uh, where Craig Wright is uh, the chief scientist, they are the main maintainers of the Node software. They run a test net, uh, which is basically a one-to-one -one version of the, of the BSV network, but it's not public. It's just private. So uh, the coins that are transacted on it don't have any value. They're not the actual uh, BSV coins but it is the, an exact replica of the network. So they test it uh, quietly there. But then there's also a couple other node teams that are performing such things. Lots of mining uh, groups are independent and do their own testing as well. And um, so there's probably in BSV, there's probably three or four major uh, groups that are doing stress testing, but there's also community uh, stress tests as well. So sometimes we'll simply organize them on Twitter and people will say, okay, everybody, we're going to pick a time, like we're going to take a 10 minute window and we're going to use all the different tools, like play all the games, 
do all the things, send all your, like upload big files, do whatever. Let's see how big of a block we can make and see how much time it takes to propagate, how much time it takes to mine and all these different things. So sometimes you will get community organized stress tests as well. Um, probably hasn't been one in six months, but, but they do come up two or three times a year where the, the Twitter people are like, okay, there's been an update to the software. Let's see if we can break it again. And, you know, everybody, everybody gets a little nervous until uh, the block settles and everything's okay. <laughs> All right. So let me ask you this, um, because we always like to ask this question and you, you know, you're obviously deep in the crypto world. Do you hold any equities in the stock market or are you all into crypto? And specifically, uh, are you holding anything outside of BSV? Uh, yes. So I'm, um, you know, I, I, I don't know that I'm the savviest investor in the world, but I certainly have uh, investments elsewhere. Uh, certainly uh, real estate, uh, other, other equities, stocks. Uh, we have some very simple like Vanguard mutual fund kind of stuff also like way, way more conservative stuff to, to bolster the, uh, the really crazy Bitcoin stuff. Uh, and then in the bit, the Bitcoin world, uh, I'm probably 95%, sorry, now my kid's hitting the lights, uh, 95% BSV. And then I, I have a small smattering of other things that people like to pay me or tip me or ask me to test out and that kind of thing. So I, I do get a little bit of that. Um, but for me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm only really bullish on BSV in the long term, uh, and I, I will take things as a trade uh, if there's an opportunity. You know, I, I like to trade. I've been a technical analyst for uh, since way before all the cool kids were doing it, so I, I will take a trade on anything, frankly, if I think it's juicy. Uh, but those like are, Neff. but those are very much swing trades. That's the same way, man. He will prostitute himself under any situation <laughs> for anyone. No uh, questions asked. So uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and bring up the thread that, um, you know, uh, the, all this drama popped up on our, on our, you know, thread after we saw that we were going to bring you on the show. And I want to sure. uh, see if you can answer this question. This comes from uh, Ryum Maska. Sorry if I'm uh, mispronouncing your name, but he asks, in what way is BSV different from Cardano and why should we use BSV over the obvious superior peer-reviewed version 3.0 Cardano blockchain? Shots fired. Yeah. Uh, you know, Cardano, um, I don't want to say Cardano is an outright scam, but I, I don't, I don't like the project. Like Charles Hoskinson is the founder of, of Cardano. Uh, he is a PhD. He's Mr. Science, Mr. Academia guy. Uh, and he talks about peer review. Like it's this thing that doesn't occur in other blockchains. And it's really intellectually dishonest because most of these proje projects are based on each other. And they are based on a ton of open source peer review from including, you know, academics, people in the cryptography mainstream, some, some of the greatest math and science brains in the world. This applies to the entire space. So I, I, the, when Cardano talks about their academic peer review, like that thing always sticks in my craw like really, really bad because it's just it's so disingenuous. Um, but Cardano, I, when you look at what the project is actually capable of, uh, just until about two months ago, it was only capable of about seven transactions per second globally. That did not include any capability for, for doing smart contracts, tokens, NFTs, any of the stuff that people are interested in. Uh, they have just had a hard fork upgrade of their entire network, which I think pushes it to something like 500 transactions per second and does allow smart contracts and tokens and stuff. But in contrast to BSV, BSV is capable of like 
50 to 100,000 transactions per second. Uh, it is much simpler to program smart contracts, tokens, et cetera. So on, on every metric where they're competing, BSV has, has shown in the wild, not part of stress tests, like that just general use of the blockchain is, is already exponentially more useful. It's cheaper to deploy. Uh, it happens faster. Um, so Cardano is talking about like this long roadmap, you know, at which these things become possible. And it's like, yeah, they're already possible over here for the last two years, guys, while you've been, you know, fundraising and fundraising and fundraising. And so I, I think Cardano is a lot of fake news and a lot of smoke and mirrors uh, and a lot of careful plays on words for marketing purposes. Um, but, you know, Cardano is the number three market cap project in the world because their marketing is so effective. And, you know, it, the, 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 the guy who asked the question is, is very representative of, of that. Like he's, he's been given the marketing spiel and it sounds really good. Like, you know, if you listen to an ADA Cardano pitch, it's like, oh, great. That's going to change the world. Unless you look at the metrics of BSV and say, oh, they're already about 2000 times faster, cheaper, and easier to deploy. And it's available right now. The roadmap is done. It is an open, publicly available network right now. Okay. Interesting, man. Interesting. Uh, mm. I'm going to bring up a couple more here. Um, uh, what is first seen? This comes from PJ Group Bitcoin. He says, what is first seen, first valid, and what is an honest node? What does that mean? An honest node is described in the white paper. That's, that's one of the first things. It's one of the primary things that the entire Bitcoin white paper talks about. And an honest node is that which builds blocks. It's, it's one that has a history of building blocks. So this is like the guy you know in your neighborhood for 20 years and who's always been there for you when you need somebody to, you know, hey man, I need to crash on your couch or hey, I need you to help me move or hey man, can you spot me 50 bucks? He's always that guy that's there to help. This is an honest node in your real life, right? This is somebody that has shown that, you know what, even when stuff is hard, he's there for me. Um, in Bitcoin, these are what the, the miners like mining and node really are the same word or, or they should be used the same. Satoshi did. Um, so th these are the nodes that build blocks consistently, even under pressure, even when there's an attack on the network and these kind of things that these nodes are willing to lose money to maintain the, the valid state of the ledger. Um, and these are crucial because uh, the first scene rule is an example of when you have an attack on the network. So let's say two groups of nodes are saying that the state of the ledger is different from each other. In those situations, you would default to, well, which group of nodes have, have the longer reputation for being honest nodes? Because then that would be the honest version of the chain. Uh, and this is what allows us to trust a transaction instantly versus waiting for it to be mined in a block, which takes about 10 minutes in Bitcoin. Um, so on BSV, uh, if there's an attack basically, and, and we've seen attempts at attacks over the last couple of months, um, people push out a chain. These are nodes that we don't know. They're nameless players out of, uh, it looks like China, but I can't confirm uh, that are saying, oh no, here's a bunch of, here's this giant reorganization of the data on the chain, but it's valid because we have all this hash power. And the honest nodes on BSV immediately said, no, we don't know who you are. And these are malicious double spends. This is you trying to rob people. And so we are going to orphan your version of the chain. We're going to block your IP addresses and we're not going to mine with you. And then those honest nodes of the network then maintain the first scene rule. So if you've been transacting with us, 
we will instantly guarantee your transactions, even if they're not in a block. And you can trust us because we're honest nodes. We have this reputation of years of protecting you no matter what. And that's the basic trust model of Bitcoin uh, in a, about a two minute summary. Okay, a couple more if you don't mind. This comes yep. from Ross Elton. What is the better metric to determine usage, TPS or block size? And first of all, what the fuck is TPS? Report. You saw the movie? Trans yeah, it's, right. Did, did you get that? Yeah, memo? I'm going to need those yeah. TPS reports on your desk. Obviously, you never got those finished, man. No, I didn't. Right. And I'm going to need you to come in on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. 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 So um, TPS is transactions per second. So this is how many how many transactions can you send in a, in a given amount of time? Mm -hmm. um, I actually think it's both. Like they, they don't really occur without each other. Like it's possible for me to, to upload a one gigabyte photo and that would make a gigabyte sized block, but it would be only one transaction. So that's an incomplete version, you know, to say, hey, we got a gigabyte block. That must be full of stuff. And it's like, no, it is full of a really high resolution cat photo. And, you know, that may have value to me, or maybe I'm selling that cat photo to somebody, but it's, it's an incomplete picture. But when you look at a two gigabyte block, which is one of the things that we've done in the last couple of weeks, there was one of them that had 42,000 transactions in it. And we're doing about 2.2 million transactions per day right now on the network. Uh, and the average block size is something like 80 megabytes per block uh, between, between all the blocks you see. So it's, you, you, you kind of need to see both. It's, it's an incomplete picture without each other. Okay, uh, this comes from one of your biggest detractors on this thread. Uh, he goes by Balzac, and he's got a little <laughs> pitchfork minor uh, emoji. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, he was pretty critical here, but he says, here's a question or two. How secure is BSV's future with such a low hash rate and two pools controlled by the same people that started the project? Also, thoughts on Craig's latest comments about the community. I think, so this goes back to honest nodes again. Like, yeah, there are two major mining pools that control most of the hash power on the network. Um, they assume that, that if two actors control more than half of the network, then they are just plainly the bad guys. There's a, or there's a risk of them becoming the bad guys. And I tell everybody, like, I imagine people like this never had friends or they didn't grow up in a neighborhood where like they hung out in the streets and had their bro. I'm from Chicago. So to me, like my couple of best friends were crucial to my survival. And like, if I've got two major players on the network that, that I trust and have had my back for a long time, I don't see that as a problem at all. Because again, it doesn't matter if, a, if an onslaught comes in, like you, you just censor them off the network. You say, no, we're not accepting malicious transactions from you because you're just a dishonest actor. And we have the ability to just say no to your incoming connection. And I, I don't see that as a problem at all, but a lot of people see Bitcoin as, as pure math. They want everything to be a math problem. And if you, if you go over a certain line, the network is worthless, but it ignores the fact that like people interact with each other. And like, if I'm under attack, like even in my real life, I'm going to call one of my best friends and I'm going to say, Hey man, I, I got a problem and I need your help. And, and this is how miners work too. Miners are, are businesses and they're there to make sure that the value of the network they're securing is, is maintained. So uh, I don't see it as a problem at all. Uh, as for, he mentioned CSW, that's Craig Wright uh, and his comments about 
the community. I mean, Craig's Craig's an autistic Australian prick, yeah, but like, and, let's, uh, and, I, and I'm glad you used the word prick. Why did CZ kick him off Binance? Did he call him like a fucking you know cocksucker or something? It I was, mean, why why would I mean, you shoot yourself in the foot with something that big? I mean, was he like? Hey, bitch, I am fucking Satoshi and deal with it. And is that why all this happened? In, in so many words, yes. Um, he, was, he was looking to sue a guy. So there was an anonymous character on, on Twitter who went by the tag uh, Hodel Knot. And he had a cat picture as his thing. And he's super popular because he's this toxic BTC guy. It's Neff. And he got really obsessed with calling out Craig Wright as a fraud. So it was like every day it'd be a dozen tweets. Craig Wright's a fraud because of X. Craig Wright is a fraud because of Y. And then he was getting literally tens of thousands of people to retweet this and connect this information to, you know, potential business partners and existing business partners in Craig Wright's life. And Craig Wright went to Twitter and said, look, I am being libeled across this platform by a very popular account who thinks he's anonymous. And I would like you to tell me who this is so I can serve him a cease and desist order. Like, stop calling by, me a fraud in public. This guy goes by Holden Nut? Hodel. So Hodel, H-O-D-L, oh I believe it's N-A-U-T. So it's like a hodler who is an astronaut. And it his, blows his my mind. profile pick. It blows my mind how, like, as far as, like, these, uh, any of these coins or... They're like, uh, you get one group against another and they're just brutal online, like... Yes. Insane. Very political. You don't know what's a, you don't, you don't know what's a Ponzi dick heart or what's a real (laughs) uh, investment. Like, you know, some people are making money on things that are total scams, Hex. And, but other people are making (laughs) money. Other people are making money on things that look really legit, but it's amazing how, you know, you got one group against another. One guy looks legit. One guy looks like he, Runs a a, a a fucking junkyard, Richard Hart. And, and Jesus you, know, you just uh, Howie, are you, you trying you to your own bleeping him out. I'm bleeping them out. You just don't know who to trust anymore in this yeah. whole situation. Like you'll have somebody sitting with a business suit on, <laughs> trying to get all their followers, and he looks real legit. And then you know you'll have a, another guy, Dick Hart, sitting in in his office. <laughs> he looks like a fucking vampire in Pennsylvania. Uh, back in like the 13th century, and and yeah. you can't say anything against that guy because you'll have 5,000 followers. You know, it's, yeah. it's like it's like a cult. It's like a cult. It is. So, it's intense. Yeah. So so then what happened with Binance? Basically, so Craig Wright said like, look, find this guy so I can serve him cease and desist papers, and then that's when it really ratcheted up. Is they're like, well, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna dox him? Are you gonna do all these like you can't reveal his identity? That, that, that can never happen to which, you know, Craig, Craig is like, um, you know, Twitter is a business and this person is, is creating an organized slander and libel campaign against me, which is affecting my business. And so, no, I'm absolutely pursuing ser- serving this guy papers. Then all of a sudden CZ from Binance inserts himself into this conversation and says, that's where we draw the line. Like we're allowed to harass each other, but we abs- nobody in the crypto community is allowed to sue each other. And if you don't stop, Craig, we're delisting BSV. That makes to sense. Which Craig basically- it makes sense. You can't, I mean, you're going to sue a guy because, come on, really? I mean, um, if all the women sued Neff over like his past actions, Jesus Christ, man, the guy wouldn't, <laughs> 
He'd be living in a cardboard box. What What do you mean? Not picking up the check on the first date after they decided to tell me they have herpes or they're a tranny? Sorry, I ain't paying that bill. Deal with it. Uh, on to more important pressing questions. This one comes from I Love Mom and Sweeters. Who's hotter, Kaylee McEnany or Jen Psaki? No idea who either of those people are. Kurt, I'm with you. Jen Psaki, is that like a drink? I thought that's a drink you order. Okay. (laughs) I want to ask you a question here, Kurt, just to go back um, from what I learned in uh, my preparation for this interview. In the Genesis block that um, Satoshi created, he, he wrote in the Times 03 January 2009 Chancellor on the brink of second bailout for banks. So my question is, if he didn't create, in fact, create Bitcoin, wouldn't he be able to corroborate that with some evidence that he stored away to prove that he actually did do Bitcoin? Yes. So he's, Craig is, is involved in multiple rounds of litigation right now. Some, some of the parties are suing him for Satoshi's Bitcoins and other people are suing him uh, for claiming to be Satoshi, claiming that he can't be because he hasn't provided that evidence. In well, what court? Is this like um, like night various. court? Is this like internet jury kangaroo court? No, no this, is, this is high court high court in the UK. So it's basically UK Supreme Court and it's, okay. it's Broward County Federal Court. The is bitches case. with the wigs, basically. It's serious. Yeah. Yes. No, the de- dead serious. So um, basically the stuff all has to happen in order because he needs to prove to various people that he is Satoshi but needs to also prove like exactly what and who Satoshi was in other cases. So there's like, I mean, I, I think uh, Evan said it was what, $55 billion or something like yep. that hangs in the balance. Yep. So he obviously he has an entire legal team uh, that is that is managing uh, the timing and exactly which case happens at which point. Uh, but ultimately at the end of this, uh, what we're excited about is this case against COPA, which is the Crypto Open Patent Alliance is suing him, saying that Craig is not Satoshi and has no rights over the white paper. Uh, now, this is a conglomeration of Coinbase and Kraken and companies like Twitter and Square and some of these other players that are big companies uh, that are out here to sue uh, sue Craig and basically make sure that Craig is not uh, a threat to their patent portfolio and various other things by, by being able to prove that he's Satoshi. Uh, this is all going to court. Uh, so at some point in, in this case against COPA, um, Craig is going to have to show all of that evidence. What does he have? Do you have you know, drafts of the Bitcoin white paper that are time stamped on servers? Do you, have, uh, do you have any other corroborating evidence? Do you have like dissertations that maybe have paragraphs that have made the, or that ultimately made their way into the Bitcoin white paper, but were you know, graded by some professor years before the Bitcoin white paper happened. And then obviously the cryptographic proof, uh, Satoshi's keys. In theory, he should be able to move Satoshi's coins, right? So all of these things, uh, first of all, have complex legal implications. They also have huge tax implications uh, because Satoshi Nakamoto was not a person. It was a different entity. And, you know, (laughs) I don't want to be the guy to create like uh, Skynet shit from the future? Yoda. (laughs) It's actually Yoda. Not quite. My, my biggest concern, you know, and this is, the, this is the stuff that people don't want to think of. They don't want to think of Satoshi or Craig as people. And like, if you're the guy who's got $55 billion worth of Bitcoin that's never moved, the second you move them, you've created some kind of multi-jurisdictional tax implication. 
And like, that's the kind of thing that you really need to work out with accountants and lawyers and all kinds of things before you do those things too. Because there's also big implications to being the guide who distributes a new money. Like that's illegal in most <laughs> countries. So, right. you know, these are, these are big, big complex things that, you know, from yeah, a technical standpoint, movie. yeah, the movie's going to be epic. So it's uh, for the record, there is a movie. I'm actually under NDA because I'm helping produce it. <laughs> so uh, all of I'm this stuff will NDA be explained for a lot of shit, but nothing this cool. <laughs> <laughs> so trafficking, I, I, I expect I, I expect the movie to be one of the most interesting things people have ever seen because it really oh, Hollywood will fuck it up. You know, that. <laughs> it's totally possible. Let me ask you uh, this because we, we got to yeah. get we got to wrap up. I got two final sure. questions for you. First of all, where the hell do we buy it? Because uh, I know a lot of people are going to be interested in obtaining some. So uh, how would you direct people to buy this, first of all? In, in the U.S., uh, Bittrex Exchange uh, is, is easy. You can connect your bank account and buy BSV. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also buybsv.com, but it's not available in all jurisdictions, uh, namely Florida and New York are, are not uh, allowing it to be used. Uh, if you're in the UK, um, there's Gravity Exchange is, is a really good option. And then uh, in Asia, there's OKX. So that's almost everybody that would want some. If you're a high net worth buyer, uh, I actually have a, a deal uh, for anybody that wants to buy more than $25,000 at once. Mm -hmm. And I can hook you up with like white glove OTC service and get it to you low fee. What does and, that mean? And they that. wash your balls while you buy this shit? Nice. Roughly, yes. Okay. Sort of like what they do with the Wagyu beef. They just massage you the whole time you're, yeah. you're spending money. <laughs> okay. Uh, I lied. I have two more questions. Um, so thank you for telling us where to get it. Um, this is the big question. You're tight with this Craig Wright, AKA no more Arigato, Mr. Roboto dude. Assuming he wins, okay, mm -hmm. and he's rolling with 50 billion, can you get us into the after party because that is something <laughs> we would like to attend neff will get can, kicked out in five minutes <laughs> i can get, i can get you into all kinds of after parties actually so there's um if you want to if you want to come out to coin geek conference which is happening in the first week of october in new york city uh-huh uh, where we, is we it new york a, city where is it uh good question i don't recall the venue <laughs> but the, uh, i mean it's, it's in manhattan like it's not Howie, a... we have the internet we can figure it out <laughs> now real yeah. quick kurt how is the what do you call it how is the moss at an event like that uh um how do you he say doesn't know how... who jen saki or kaylee McEnany is you can't drop words like moss how is the young ass at uh <laughs> at a at a convention like a geek convention i am <laughs> I'm very happily married, but the, I'm the head, about you. I'm talking about us. We have no values or anything. We have no so value. The, the, the guy that throws the party is a guy named Calvin air, uh, who, you know, he's, you know, global billionaire guy. Um, he, he's, he's very happy to hire dancers and models and stuff like the after parties that I've seen at coin geek shows are some of the most ridiculous after parties I've ever seen in I my gotta life. Get with so, so, yeah, what do you, so yeah, what, what do you have to do to make this happen? What do you, what do you need <laughs> from to, us? Do we slide you like a couple, uh, whatever tokens? I can reach out to my people because a couple bring, I can bring them down we can, to one. We can, I can make magic. <laughs> I can make some magic. We'll, we'll talk off the air. I, I think 
you know, given that you're, you know, totally legit media personalities, I might be able to get you in oh, the yeah. side oh, door press with pass. passes. Press pass. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's now, talk about it. Lastly, uh, obviously you're involved with BSV, but we do have people asking on that Twitter thread, what are some <laughs> other projects that you actually like outside of BSV? Sure. Um, <laughs> not much, actually. I, I, more than anything, like I, I appreciate people that are also working hard. Um, so, so while I'm unimpressed at some of the metrics on things, I always give shout outs to my friends in the Dash and Digibyte communities uh, because I, they're two groups of people that also kind of splintered off from the scaling war. And I know they're good people because I worked with them for a long time too. And like, I don't necessarily agree with the direction they went, but they're good people who are actually doing good work and, and you know, have a mission that they actually care about. So I'll give shout outs to them. Uh, I think there's also, I mean, there's good people working in a lot of projects. I think a lot of people really do want to change the world. Um, but then there's the 99% of projects that are just absolute scams. And sometimes it's hard to figure those out. So do you mind seen a lot of people a few that you believe are scams? <laughs> I don't, I mean, dude, you um, can't, don't, don't, you, that's I mean, not our thing. You, I can you put them out. I can bleep them out. Yeah, you, you can bleep them out. You can bleep them out if you don't. You can't ask them about what's right, hex, and what's not. I mean, there's no <laughs> Jesus sense. Christ. You can't, you, that's that's. Don't put them on the spot like that because there's a lot of legit and there's a lot of non-legit, Dickhart. Sure. So just don't 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 put them and <laughs> don't put them in that situation. No, you know what? I'm I'm actually happy to. You know, like there's, for one, I think something like XRP. I think Ripple XRP is probably uh, arguably the biggest scam in the space. Like. They're a, they're a multi-billion dollar company that has no revenue, but they are paying executive level salaries for the better part of a decade based on just printing XRP out of absolutely nowhere. And like, they have an alleged business model, but it doesn't, it's not actually doing anything, but they're able to print coins out of nowhere. And like, you know, they're not your typical cypherpunk guys. Like, Hey, this is three guys that are hanging out and wearing t-shirts and they're hackers. Like these are guys that have an executive board. They wear suits to the office every day. And, and I mean, they, they act like they're a Wall Street firm, but they don't actually do anything. That's the and best so, way to hide it right there, man. <laughs> just look legit. Have some chicken in your coffee, and then you're just friggin' bending people <laughs> right. 24-7. Heard, any thoughts on Reach Around Coin or Splooge Coin as players <laughs> these days? I mean, here's the thing. Like, the, if, if you just want to, like, if you want to find a coin that only has, like, a million dollars in global liquidity, and, like, you get in at, like, a thousandth of a penny and it goes up to a, a tenth of a penny and that's its entire bull run. Like if you can exit just with some of that liquidity without killing the whole market, like with slippage, like by all means, like these, these are opportunities that like a really shrewd trader uh, can do. And these are in places like uh, Uniswap and Sushi Swap and Pancake Swap and Binance Smart Chain, all of which are scam projects, by the way. But if, if you're that shrewd guy, if you're the guy that likes to really shoot from the hip, like there's a lot of money to be made by being that guy, but it's, it's also really, really risky. Uh, and, and you will get rugged at some point, right when you think you're the biggest genius in the world. You so be very, very careful. They use. Like you're using like exit slippage rug. That's cum rocket. If you ask me, that's all cum rocket <laughs> right there. Boy, how we went you in, got we got some solid today. rug. Oh my God. Today. He's tuned up. He's real. <laughs> might as up. well just have a target on your back. You might want to stay in those woods because I wouldn't be surprised if there's a contract out on you by the end of this show. Oh Jesus. Uh, here hey, here we go. We're, we're usually not this fucking bad. Right. So I want to thank you for putting <laughs> yeah, up with us. You're welcome to come back anytime. We learned a lot today. 
And um, like I said, uh, we'll DM you our uh, emails so we can get into that uh, that geek party you were talking about. Beautiful. Like a lot of fun. Um, Sounds good. So thanks again. And thanks for the knowledge. We learned a lot. And uh, I'm sure our readers did as well. Howie, wash your hands, please. I'll tell you what, oh that was one God. of the better uh, crypto podcasts. That, that was awesome. That was good stuff. All right. Thanks, Coach. Anything else you want to leave us with, Kurt? Uh, I mean, that's it. You know, give me give me a follow. I'm at Kurt Wooker JR everywhere. You know, send me DMs on Twitter, awesome. or Telegram, or whatever. I like to talk to the community. Uh, everybody wants to say I'm a scammer, but... <laughs> You know, that's that's fine. I, I I think all I do is call out scammers and I advocate for the one thing that has the most utility in the space. And I'm happy to talk. So if, if anybody wants to ask me hard questions in private, I'll do that too. Or if you want me to be a guest on on another show and you ask me nothing but really hard questions, that's fine, man. I'll, I'll take me? anything you got. Are you wearing hard questions today? I'm saying you really want to bring the heat. Are you wearing like any pinky rings or anything right now? I'm all right. All right. right, Just checking, man. Just checking. That's uh, that's an important one. Oh, we're going to get in trouble. Oh, we are not. (laughs) Kurt, thanks again. Thanks again. Um, Thanks, guys. uh, We'll let you know as soon as we drop this pod. I think it's going to be this afternoon, isn't it? Tomorrow. Oh, it'll be tomorrow. So uh, we'll make sure and uh, include your um, handle in the tweet. And uh, thanks again for joining us. Awesome. Great. Okay. Thanks, Take guys. Care. Later, Kurt. Bye, man. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, I think we got more than we bargained for. You know, uh, I'm definitely feeling like I, I uh, learned a lot today. Uh, I felt like I was cramming for a test last night, you know, studying BSV. But I, I, I really like Kurt. I think that was super informative. And I'll tell you what, man. If we get a chance to go to CoinGeek, I'm in. Absolutely. Yeah, it sounded interesting. He, he, I liked him. Talking about dancers, I'm in. No, I wouldn't miss that party for the. That'd be a two day. Oh Jesus, I'd be sleeping at a park bench. My girlfriend would kick me out of the house so fast after that. But it'd probably be worth it. Who do you take? Do you take your girlfriend or Helen the bum? Girlfriend? No, my girlfriend got killed in a train accident before I go to that party. What are you kidding me? Jesus Christ. You throw your values and ethics right out the window before you go to a party like that. Um, then you go to church the very next day. You just repent. What the hell are you going to do? I didn't mean to put my dick in the salad bowl last night. I'm sorry, man. Um, oh, you are on fire today. I like these early morning podcasts. I'm retarded and I'm still I'm on my fourth cup of coffee and I just can't even compute. So I think we got to do more of these early morning pods. I was sitting here talking to you guys, looking at a ra- rabbit's looking at me like he wants to say something. And like, it's really bizarre. So you're upstate. What are you doing? Are you getting that pot farm going? Um, I mean, that's the, they're, they actually got the soil samples. Um, so there's a doctor from co- the college and he's going over with us. Uh, what the, the most important thing right now, and I, and the guys on the, that have been hitting me up, the DMS are awesome. Uh, the key is acquiring the cannabis license. That is the number one thing to do. That's the hardest thing to do. And that's where we're making pretty good strides right now. Okay. Cause they're all New York state's only offering a minute amount. Uh, and uh, you know, it's going to be very interesting, but we're in a good situation. Okay. Uh, anything you guys want to uh, end on? Um, Anything you want to talk about for the rest of the week that we should keep our eyes on? 
Evan, you going to the Traverse Stake Saturday? Not going to the Traverse. Not going to the Traverse. I, me neither. I may go tomorrow to the racetrack, but it's not. It's going to be an absolute mess. I've, I've worked so many of those, and I've been to so many, and that's like, oh, God. But uh, HLT, keep your eye on HLT. It's up uh, 3% this week, but somebody DM'd me, said it's 94% owned by institutions. Oh, Hilton? Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, that's Hil uh, Hilton Worldwide. That's one of the biggest holdings in, of mutual funds, ETFs. Everywhere. That's, uh, that's a great company, man. You, if you if you bought you could have bought that in February in '75 where they where they were talking about getting rid of hotels, you'd be at 127 today. Uh, quick note on Come Rocket. Uh, obviously, we're seeing a slide on this OnlyFans switcheroo. Uh, in the last three hours, they've gone from uh, 0.057 to 0.045 percent. That's quite a significant drop on this news. It's going to be interesting to see how uh, uh you know how this shakes out but uh power to the women you got to respect them they banded up and said not today motherfuckers yeah so good right. for them uh i would ultimately like to see them more in control of their own platform as opposed to being dependent on uh only fans and i guess my question is can you trust them can you can you get fooled more than once i don't know man i mean it's like you know, I think it's a good thing. It's like some of these girls are going from like, you know, glory holes to like real life status, which I think is a good thing. Um, but well, no, it was it was quite a shift. It's like, you know, we're, we're not going to show this anymore to. Uh, yeah, we are like what they must have had some inside meetings and the big guy. Somebody put a fucking gun to that. CEO's head and said, "What are you doing? Did you?" It find makes you wonder. God? It, make, it makes you wonder. No, when, God makes, doesn't exist. But it makes you, you. It makes you wonder who really is the puppet master behind the management team at OnlyFans. And I got a funny feeling I know who it is, <laughs> and I'm not saying it because I like breathing on a daily basis. But uh, <laughs> you don't have to do the math to figure out what happened there. Okay. Well, guys, um, uh, uh, thanks for joining us. We will be back uh, to two pods a week. Um, it's it's this is uh, this is a great show. I learned a lot. Are you guys going to go out and buy some BSV? That's my question. I'm going to look at it because I really liked his. Uh, I, the guy was a smart dude, and he's one of the first guys that wasn't just pushing. You know, he was like, "Look, this is what we do." This is what these other people do. Um, I like the fact that, like I said, man, I had lunch with a dude that he's been studying this stuff, smart guy for years. Um, and he works for a large institution that puts a lot of people away. But um, the bottom line is this guy reiterated what he told me uh, exactly to a T. Um, well, so that being said, uh, once we release uh, the pod, let's continue the conversation on Twitter because we're going to have a lot of new listeners, obviously, uh, in this BSV world. And we would love to hear your thoughts uh, and criticisms. So bring it. Um, e, why don't you take us out? Shout out Chicago. Chicago.